my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars of this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast Scott! How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got. Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. Wake up, sandwich. We got a show to and do. And with that, we will bring this episode of ah. FTNG. <laughs> I wish. To a start. To a start. This is... You need to do like a little espresso shot and then you can make it through the show. Sandwich, um, this is a late night for sandwich because of a, an, a, a, an unforeseen delay on the part of a member of the show. Uh, we had to have a little later start time, and of course, that for sandwich means we're running right up against Betty by time, which is why <laughs> we're calling this episode of Geek Stuff TNG episode six four seven seven Rockabye Sandwich. Rockabye Sandwich. We got a title right out the gate. This is a good start. Right out of the gate. You know. Sandwich. While you were sleeping, Sandwich, Scott and I were working on the show. That's right, show it. prep. It's well, called show prep. You know, uh, pu- pulling back the curtain. Um, while it is uh, 7 o'clock and 3 o'clock in the wonderful West Coast Hawaiian times, it's currently 9 o'clock, and I understand. I might it's be actually, a little late, yeah. but it is definitely late for Sandwich. It's actually 3 and 6 o'clock. 3 and 6, yeah. So, okay, so 3 and 7 or 3 and 6? All right, fine. Three and six. My apologies. That big glass of warm milk that you had with dinner probably wasn't a good idea on show. Yeah, days. no. Actually, what nope. had happened was I, I missed dinner, so I just went to bed when I came here. So I just laid down. I thought you might have had like Ambien Parmesan for dinner. Nice. No, nothing. Uh, nothing. I, I, wait a minute. I go back and get the cricket sound effect for that one. No. Oh, boy. That was, that's I, fun. Do, do the, do the, don't we have like a Patreon? For for one dollar a month over for at patreon.com forward slash geeks of TNG, you can part of our lovely Discord and talk to members of the show, like Scott. Oh, you're skipping right into oh, the in, into the uh, into the social media. Yeah, keep going, hey, Dom. Do the rest. Hey, hey, I looked at the um 
I looked at the Discord this week. Your bi-quarterly uh, check into Discord. You know, I'd like to say this in fairness to me. I have I feel like I have responded to 99% of the things that were directed at me on Discord. I think that's a fair statement. I will uh I don't know if they tag you in some of the things they, that they Well, they should because that's, you know, I I will respond to that tagging. Oh, so well, f- make sure that you know that Discord people, if you want Kev to respond, you have to tag him specifically, otherwise silence. Otherwise, I probably will respond at some other point think possibly. of it like like summoning captain planet like you need to do all of the things and do bobs to summon captain planet one of them is tagging captain planet in the uh, comment you wanted to respond to you just reminded me that uh i have not watched rick and morty from this week yet yeah i think i'm i think i'm a week behind maybe i'm way behind yeah the I'm last one i saw was the behind. voltron one so Captain Planet made me think of Planetina, which made me think that I haven't watched Rick and Morty. Yeah, Planetina uh, was a perfect a perfect parody. They did so well. Yeah. So for three dollars a month, you get the show a day and a half early, which is usually Tuesday nights to Wednesday somewhere. We get you get it earlier. Ask the producer. I, I love yes. I love how Sandwich is trying to keep us on track because he just wants to go to bed. This is going to be like yep, the fastest episode it. we've ever had. It's, this is great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like push the car. Like, come on. Maybe like maybe on. we should rename the episode Mr. Sandwich's Wild Ride. Uh, $5 a month. That's folks. a Disney tie-in. I thought you'd like it. I that like one. it. I like it. <laughs> you get the weekend you get the bonus content. So the weekend bonus show, which for the first time ever, I think has been consistently put up. Is every like, Sunday. Someone's holding weeks. your ass responsible. I think it's I know. brilliant. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just if, saying if I, it's, if, it happens. If I had ever met Scott before, or if I ever actually meet him in person, I'm going to give him a big hug just for keeping your ass on track. Also, um, you get uh, two times a month uh, the updates from this show, uh, Big Kev's Geek Stuff, Yep, or something like that. The, the riveting mystery of where was this big guy comes to an answer this week, folks. So. Actually, actually, actually doesn't come to an answer. I listened to it and I was like, so we just totally ignored whatever that was. <laughs> and I really have no idea. I really have, ze- I have zero. I, I have to ask OG because I really, I don't have a clue about what could possibly have pulled me away from the show in year two for two weeks. That it- would be like, huge like it wasn't my i don't think it was my honeymoon because i don't think i got married in the first two years it was oh seven i think that year that that the year of that i believe was oh seven and so no not even close to being married at that point so it couldn't have been that i really i honestly i don't know i really don't know what it could possibly have been if you know where Kev went for two weeks back in 2007 <laughs> on episodes 58 and 59 of Big Kev's Geek Stuff, you can hit us up on the GVM line. 201-730-2547. If we actually get a, a, a GVM from OG explaining that, that would be really funny. It would be fantastic. Um, all right. Uh, no, yes, yeah, so the bonus no, it show. it would be OG. Yeah, it would, it would be OG. So first and 15th, you get the... Uh, Fantastic, the probably doesn't remember. Vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. And then one more sandwich. Hit us up with... Fin- and the $10 too, you get Instagram Live, where you watch them laugh at my pain. Some weeks, 
You get to watch Big Kev's Eat Stuffs. It's a variety Ooh. show. Yep. You don't know what. You don't know who's going to freeze in the middle on of the live Instagram feed, but it's definitely worth your money. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we got that? we got the Patreons with a little lag from uh, the sandwich, but trying to keep the show on track. And uh, so the rest of the social media, right? You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's Geek Stuff TNG and all of those places. And uh, you can also email us. How do they email us, Sandwich? GeekStuffTNG at gmail.com. All right. So let's uh, jump into the top story of the week. Tim Drake, Robin, from um, Batman over at DC, came out as bi this week. That's the top story. You guys not up on this? I, I I only first heard of it from you, so that's interesting. How did they do that? Um, so a person that Tim Drake had known since he was younger, and then he rescued from a cult, then asked Tim Drake out on a date, and he thought about it for a moment and said yes. So the several articles that I read about it said that uh, in looking back through Tim Drake's backstory, like he had a very close relationship with uh, Connor. Superboy, right? The clone Superboy. And right. and they said that there's... So you could read between the lines and see that maybe it was more than just a close friendship. Maybe there was some feelings that he hadn't yet explored. And so they felt like it, it worked with this character. And it also stands to counteract some of the, the steps that DC took back early on to prove mm -hmm. that Batman and Robin wasn't gay. And made... You know, they made... Uh, Dick Grayson, like a ladies' man, just, you know, and all those things. Like they felt like they went out of their way to distance the dynamic duo from any uh, homophobia, or uh, from letting people think that they were gay. And so this right. kind of felt like a natural place to work in some representation with a character that seems to fit with some of their history. Yeah, it's really it's an interesting. Uh, I mean, it's different than. You know, some of the other kind of uh, outings, if you will, by other companies. I mean, at this point, I think it's great that they're writing inclusive characters, even if they're characters that have already existed. You know, but there's been such a slew of them in the last several years. And I think some handlings of them are better than others. And it sounds like, although I've not read it yet, it sounds like the Tim Drake handling might be something that was well done and not just sort of out of the blue, I've just decided that I'm gay. And they've just decided to write the character that way so they don't take into account or need to feel the need to tie it to any previous uh, information that we have about the character. So, okay, DC, I guess, I guess Tim Drake is bi. Now... Iceman is the one you're kind of referring to, right? Did they they just made him one of kind them. of out of it's the blue? Of yeah, it's one of them. Yeah. And and if I recall, I feel like the first one that I remember was the first openly gay character was Northstar over yeah. on the Marvel side, right? I feel like that was a big deal. I remember that was a long time ago now. Yeah, it's a long time ago, but then, you know, they kind of just sort of they started just stacking stuff on Northstar. Like first he was gay, then he was in a relationship, then he didn't they like adopt a baby that has AIDS or something like they just like they were piling all the social uh, sort of um, issues of the day on the one character until they decided to broaden it out a little bit. Now, I, now there's a bunch of characters that are um, gender fluid or, or sort of uh, um, 
you know, LBGTQRS uh, and, and so forth in both Marvel and DC. So, you know, DC had Batwoman too. That one kind of, to me, it felt a little bit like that one kind of came out of left field a little bit. So, uh, you know, like I wasn't really keen on that one. The Iceman one, yeah, was one that it was just kind of like, we haven't had any news about our diversity in a while. Let's make a major X-Men character now gay. So one of the things that I was reading was that uh, Kate Kane, right? Bat Batwoman, the original Batwoman was brought in back in the 50s specifically to give Batman a female uh, love interest to ca yeah. to counteract the uh, a book that some guy wrote. Uh, what was the book called? I got it here in the notes. It's called The Sum of Our Parts, but it was talking about how comic books were luring uh, children into homosexuality with this, uh, you know, with these fantasies. And so that's when they kind of beefed up uh, the love interest for uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne, with right. Batwoman. So when they rebooted her, I think the article said that they kind of consciously made her a lesbian because of that, to, to say that she is not here to be a love interest for Batman, right? right. I, so I think that that was intentionally done as well. So, True. so again, I, I mean, you know, I think that, uh, you know, in 2020, it, it really doesn't matter who you... It, it doesn't change anything about a superhero who they want to love. It doesn't matter. So I, I like that. And and, and well, it is hard to well, take a, a character with history what? and just right. put it in. And I realize that that's difficult. But, you know, they change... They, they retcon things all the time. So I don't think that we should cling to history so much if we can continue to tell good stories and be more inclusive. Do you feel that in... That should be the way in 2021 also. <laughs> Did I say 20, 2020 didn't happen because of the pandemic? It's hard for me to remember what year it is. Oh, I see. It happened. It did. All right. So let's uh, let's move on. Uh, the other uh, big uh, story that I saw out there was, at first, it was, oh, Emma Stone's thinking about suing Disney as well as Scarlett Johansson. And then the next day, it was, oh, Emma uh, Emma Stone is signed to do Cruella 2. So it's like, oh, I can sue you guys, or you can just give me a contract for a sequel. How about that? Well, um, they have already been talking about the sequel. So I suspect what happened was she probably got something in the new contract to compensate her for what she probably did not get on the first movie, whatever that may be. Now, I don't know... I could be wrong. I'd have to look. I don't think she was a producer or anything on the Cruella movie. I don't think. I don't recall seeing anything about that, which is different than Scarlett Johansson, who I believe was a producer on Black Widow. So the, the take, if you will, for her as a producer was, would have been significant. And I think that's where Scarlett Johansson's issue comes from. Whereas... If there was some clause in Emma's contract with regards to box office, um, obviously she would have a case. But if they're willing to play ball in her next contract, and that movie was supposedly really good. I actually am looking forward to seeing it. I haven't yet. Um, you know, plus I have a little thing for Emma Stone. It, so Is it past the premiere access date yet? I think we're, are we still in that? I think we're still in that. Yeah. I think. Speaking of premiere access, uh, looks like we only got to wait 45 days for Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. 
Shang-Chi coming to Disney Plus 45 days after it is released in theaters, which is great. Um, and the Disney executive referred to it as an experiment, which apparently got under the skin of the star. Uh, I believe his name is Mr. Liu. Uh, and he said, we are not an experiment. He apparently was really put off by the idea that they were, that they were using his film as an experiment, which I don't agree with. I don't think it's an experiment. I think they already had the experiment. It was called Mulan and it failed. And so why there were, you know, additional experiments, I don't know. Cause clearly that was not, uh, Oh, will wills trash is telling me that Emma stone was an executive producer in Corella. Okay. So there you go. She does have standing then in that regard. Um, but with regards to um, Shang-Chi, um, there have been what it's at least four movies now that have gone this direction, and a few more will come before Shang-Chi, I think. So I don't feel like it's an experiment. And I think he's right to be really upset for that Disney executive to call his, you know, to call that film an experiment because it kind of does you can go at different angles with that kind of talk. You know, what's in an experiment in, you know, release structure. We know what the release structure looks like. So is it an experiment? I mean, you, you can get drawn into all kinds of uh, innuendo and conversation with regards to why it is they're choosing to do this. Is it, is it because they think it's a weak movie? Is it because they think um, the fact that it's wholly Asian based is going to have some negative impact on the box office score. Like, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. You got to be really careful. I think when you say these sort of things, and I think this Disney executive just wasn't right. It's just, I mean, whether that was in his intent or not, it was poor freezing and he definitely opened him, opened himself up yeah. to criticism there. Yeah, he did. So, while we're on uh, Shang-Chi, I think the the, the newest uh, poster art review reveals another dragon, which is this one, Fin Fang Foom? I mean, we're going to get him in this movie, right? We're getting Fin Fang Foom. I haven't heard that we're going to get him in this movie. I suspect we should get him in this movie. I mean, they've already shown that uh, Abomination is making his return in this movie. Um, at least in the in the the transformed version of Abomination, meaning that it won't be the Joe Fine. That wasn't Joe Fines. Who was that? That guy. It won't be yeah, that guy. It was it was Mr. Mr. Orange, right? Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Yeah, it won't be Tim. I don't think that it's Tim Roth. I think it's the sort of hulked out, no pun intended, abomination. And uh and I think he's fighting in some sort of underground fighting thing. And it looks like he's fighting um What's his name? Yeah, Wong. Doctor Strange. Right. Yeah, he's fighting Wong. And, Wong. And I yeah. mean, so yeah, it, he, he may or may not need a voice actor, depending on yeah. how that scene goes. But it would be great if it was actually Tim Roth to do it. Right. As far as the dragon goes, yeah, they've talked about the fact that there's going to be a dragon. And they've released a toy of a dragon that is definitely not Fing Fang Foom. Does that mean we're going to get Fing Fang Foom? Could be. I would never say no to it. It'd be a real easy opportunity for them, certainly to set up a sequel with Fing Fang Foom 
as uh, the problem, or maybe he's part of the problem in this movie. I don't know. But if they want to get him in, this is certainly an opportunity for them to do that. Now, this is not a character that I'm overly familiar with. Uh, would he be the bad guy? Who? I mean, I don't really know much about Fin Fang Foom. He would be a bad guy, yeah. Okay. Um, while we're on the kind of the Marvel arena, uh, let's talk about uh, Carnage is getting delayed again because of uh, the Delta variant. So it's going to be, it's moved from sometime in September to October 15th. And here's the headline. Get ready. Carnage, cannibal, killer, catastrophe, COVID causes kibosh. Comedy K sounds. Comedy K sounds right there. Funniest letter in the alphabet. Did you do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was all me, baby. No, that was all me. Uh, Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh, Scott. How you've fallen from grace. Look, if you were if you were more awake, you would have loved that joke. No. I wish I was more asleep so I could at least let that be in my mind and it not bother me now. (laughs) Uh, I worked really hard on that one. I was up till two doing that sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the afternoon. Yeah, two exactly, two in the afternoon. So let's talk about the weekend box office. Um so Free Guy did better than expected. Right with twenty better than yeah twenty eight point four million, a really strong showing. I don't even know what it's about. What is Free Guy? So Free uh, Guy is um, it's Ryan Reynolds. It's basically Ryan Reynolds plays an NPC in a in GTA. video game like GTA. Yeah, he's just like one of the dudes. It becomes like, like a sentient bank. NPC and starts like yeah, realizing stuff's going on. Okay. Yeah, he realizes he's in a game and his life is just a video game and st- and apparently he, I don't know, becomes sentient or something, you know. And apparently, it's supposedly really funny. I mean, I have heard that it's really funny. And it's the kind of thing that gamers will really appreciate because, I mean, let's be honest, and Dom and I can speak to this, you know, Dom and I have played hours and hours of GTA and red dead redemption and you know like we've chewed up a lot of npcs oh yeah and so it's kind of funny to think that you know what if you know i mean it's an interesting it's a really interesting story i really do want to see that movie i don't know if it's on did it come out on hbo max is that the way i'm going to be able to see this probably i feel like if, if anything it'd be like a paramount plus release. oh really so i'll wait i think uh, don't quote me on that. It's not like me. I, I think it's a Paramount movie, though. So so we can find you on Xbox Live, Kev? Is that what you just said? Theoretically, I am on Xbox Live. Currently, I am not on Xbox Live, only because I haven't hooked the Xbox Live back up. Are, are you waiting for Red Dead 3? No, because I would might as well wait for the crack of doom before He's they do a for- Red Dead 3, because since they just bailed on Red Dead 2, you know, I don't even know if there'll ever be a Red Dead 3. Wait, did Red Dead 2 not ever come out? No, it came out. Oh. They just abandoned it. Like, they just, they focused all their energy, concentration, and creativity into GTA, and, and Red Dead just fell by the wayside, and it sucked for a long time. They fixed it, but then there was no new content, and it really, it's just... It's sad because, I mean, honestly, and Sandwich, 
you can speak to this. We had a lot of fun playing that game, like in the beginning. And Sandwich was not around for this, but you know, back in the day of Red Dead Redemption One, uh, you know, myself, E Rock, uh, you know, a whole host of characters used to get together and play all night long. Like literally, the sun's coming up, and we're all like, "Oh, we probably should stop playing." I didn't play with Kevin then, but I was playing that game also all night long, all night long with my friends. Uh, me and Kevin were in different classrooms at the time, so we had different friends. Um, right. Him and E-Rock and them were in the older kid class, and I was in the younger kid class. So you used yeah, to be able it. to stay up past 9 o'clock for something that was important to you, unlike yes. this show. Unlike well, no, this that's, that's different. The, sh- the games were entertainment. This has entertaining value sometimes, but the problem is... Like when I was a child, I said this comment five minutes ago, and it's just now reaching your ears. I see. see. So so what you're saying is that the alliterative headlines created by me are not as entertaining as a video game created by all those fantastically talented designers? Scott, you're you're getting close. You're getting closer every week, and you will get there one day. But today was not that day. Today was not the day. All right. Wow. Um, so, (laughs) so trying to keep us on track so that, uh, Dom can go to sleep, uh, Suicide Squad dropped to, uh, number five and this is only the second week, right? Yep. So it went from from number one to number five with about uh, 7.8 million. So, I mean, again, but it's, it's released for free on HBO Max. So that doesn't surprise me at all. If we want to, only if we want to, we can discuss at this point, I believe the embargo's up at this point. Yes? No? Is it two weeks? I, I feel like this would be, like last weekend, by the time this comes out on Friday, it will be almost two full weeks since it came out. Yes. Well, we can discuss it then if you want. I have not, I still haven't picked it back up and watched it yet. So I, I definitely thought it was better than the first one. And not in like a, like, I'm making fun of the first one kind of way. I definitely thought there were improvements. Um... I liked this ensemble a lot more than the last ensemble for uh, the Suicide Squad. Um, and I could definitely see where um, this D- David Gunn who did this, right? Like, it definitely had it. James like, Gunn. James, James Gunn. Gunn. My apologies. Part of my French. Um, you could definitely and, tell and his influence was in, is it. in it. Huh? The Gun Brother is in it. I always forget his name. Mm-hmm. Ted Gun. I don't know. Uh, you could definitely tell that it it, it, it gave it a lot of a more like Guardians feel for for obvious reasons. But I thought it was solid. Uh, King Shark was my favorite character uh, in the just because it's like simple and he's funny. Will's Trash is reminding me the name of the brother is Sean Gun. Thank you. Sean. Yeah, he's in he's in like yeah. every every uh, James Gunn movie. I think with yes. small parts. Um, I, I would it's agree. The same, that... It's the same with Sam Raimi's brother Ted. That's why I said Ted. Yeah, Ted Raimi's in all of his movies. Uh, what's his name? The other one, Clint Howard, is in all of Ron Howard's movies. They're sticking their brother in there. Uh, Brian, Brian Doyle Murray. That I I don't agree with that one because the Murray brothers they're. There's a few of them. There's not just Brian Doyle. There's his youngest brother also did a couple of movies. Played his younger brother in the movie Scrooge. That's the one everyone knows. 
But he also and and then Brian Doyle Murray played their dad. That's right in that movie in Scrooge. But um, Kid Murray, I can't remember. I feel like his name is Dana, but I don't think that's right. I think that was his character in the film that I'm thinking of. He actually did a solo sort of. Uh, uh, I can't remember what the name of it is for the life of me. I can't remember what the name, but it was one of those just bad late 80s, early 90s kind of comedies. Think like Police Academy, like that genre, you know, and it was like they had to go to driving school or some shit because they got tickets. I don't remember, but it was and I, I thought it was really I thought it was funny. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, Karen Gillan. Uh, checking in. She actually loved the movie. Uh, so thank you, Karen Gillan, for letting us know. And you're still beautiful. Yeah. So, so beautiful. I, I would I would say, like Sandwich said, it was it was an improvement on the first one. The plot was better, but it also it dragged in some places. It did not need to be a little over two hours long. I felt like they could have tightened it up a bit. Um, but they did give all the different characters their 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 moments and their beats. Um, the one thing that I thought was a little strange is, is, is it puts all the, all the heart of the movie in Ratcatcher two. And I'm like, this is, I've never heard of this person before. So it just, I didn't immediately like relate and say, Oh, this is where the emotional uh, weight of the movie is going to come from this character. So, and it just, just because it was somebody I had no, not that I knew most of those characters, right? That's the whole point of the suicide squad, right? There were a lot of expendable B level people. So, I don't know, but I just thought that was a little strange because there was a lot of emotion tied to her character. And, you know, so that kind of took me out of it a little bit. But I, I enjoyed it. All the kids like King Shark, which is no surprise that our young sandwich also <laughs> identified with well, King Shark. It's and, definitely the Groot aesthetic, I feel. Yes. Or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let me tell you this sandwich. Hot Toys announces uh -huh. their King Shark 12-inch figure. So, only cost you about just $250. Saying. Just saying. No. This is your chance. This is your no. chance to get on board with a character that you like. I'm okay. Jump on the Hot Toys bandwagon. I, I will wait till Comic-Con and maybe get some art. Yeah, about that. I don't know if it's this year or in 15 years from now. But the next comic kind of go to. Did we hear anything? Did they make any announcements? I thought they were supposed to. Yeah, we said yeah, that last were. week that we would know by this week, and I didn't see any announcements about New York. I, I got an email from New York saying, can't wait to see you in a couple of months. Send your money. Just in case. We'll, that way we'll have it. That's, that's what I got an email, like, right before the show saying, and I wrote him back, and I was like, really? Question mark? So, you know, I want to wait and see what response I get to that because I would have bet real money that if the auto show got canceled, which I think I'm pretty sure is happening after New York Comic Con, if that got canceled and New York Comic Con has, what, five or six times as many people, that they would probably cancel New York Comic Con also. So, so I have to say I'm a little surprised that that is not the case. If that is not the case. So. Maybe they'll just do like extremely limited like attendance. All I know is if it's on sandwich, you better have a mask. 
better have your vaccine. Well, you better I, be making arrangements. I've been vaccinated. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think I think even with vaccines, you need your you need your N95, which you can you can get. They're available again. So grab some N95 masks for uh for New York Comic Con. It's, it's, it's gonna be fantastic if it's just like the vendors and like ten dudes they allow in at a, a time. A smattering of people. Oh, How can you imagine really walking good? walking through any con without it being like because they limit they actually limit the capacity and you can walk up and down the aisles and look at stuff. And it would be, be my favorite con of all time. It's like, hey, Kev, listen. I'm going to go on this break now and be back in two hours. Can you hold down the fort? Sure, sandwich. And you know what? It'll be okay. That sounds <laughs> just like, like every con that we do. No, but there'll be like 10 people. So it's like, I can, I can handle this. I don't have to yell. Hey, you, did you come to the, did you come to my booth yet? <laughs> come get, come get a flyer. Sandwich is on the hard sell at the booth. Hey man, that's just uh, that's good practice. You got to be ready to get out there and yep. It's horrible. Know. Like two or three months after con, I still have like whatever my spiel is in my head, and I'll just be sitting somewhere saying it, muttering so, it to himself. Yeah. yeah, looking around, seeing if anyone's interested, even though I'm sitting at a grocery store and no one cares. I've I've worked a lot of events like that in different capacities over the years, and the feeling that I get when when you're trying to get people to come to your booth is you just feel like an animal in the zoo as people walk by. They they don't want to make eye contact with you, or they make sure that they're far enough away that you can't interact with them, and then they just kind of look at you like, well, I want to see what that booth is, but I don't want to get close enough that I have to engage with the person at all. And it's just yeah. such a weird feeling, and I've been to so many of those over ghosting. my life. Yeah, yeah it's uh, ghosting. Yeah, we get that a lot because, yeah. we, we you know, at, at New York Comic Con, at the Geek Stuff TNG booth, we give away fantastic prizes. Many fabulous so, prizes. We got a lot. The giant Funko Pop. No, stop, Sandwich. Stop. You're better than this. <laughs> Are you? I was literally about to feel. Don't don't trigger me with that. It's like a Pavlov dog thing where you say, like, many fabulous prizes, and then the list starts going off in my head. Is that kind of like when I say the GVM line? 201-730-2547. Sort of, sort of. That one doesn't, like, bother me as much. The fact that I can still say I feel like the list from two years ago is a problem. (laughs) I wonder if after Sandwich falls asleep at night, if you, like, had a little recording in his room that just said GVM line. 201-730-2547. He would just, like, say it in his sleep. I'd like to see. I I wonder if that's true. Um, While we're talking about cons, uh, what happened to Wizard World, Kev? Wizard World is no longer, they're out of the convention business and they have sold all of their uh, convention uh, convention places, appearances and deals to, I can't remember who was a fan expo, I think, got them. Yes. I thought it was weird that it was fan expo and not read. So that was a little strange. But yeah, so well, I mean, there's what there's wizard there's Wizarding World. What what were some of their conventions like? Can you can you name any of their well back ones? in the day? They were like the convention, you know, like OG and I. The first convention I think that we ever went to, like on a trip, was like their Chicago convention. The Wizard World Chicago convention was like the second biggest convention in the world after San Diego. And OG and I took a train and went there. It's a great story um, that OG hates. Um, <laughs> but 
yeah, it's definitely like um, it's definitely a really interesting. Um, uh, it was an interesting time for conventions. So, um, yeah, and then they started having them in major cities. They had Dallas. They had they didn't have New York, um, but they had Dallas. They had they had a bunch around the they had Philadelphia. That's the one that they had. Um, and so on. And, um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I feel like finally succumbed. Yeah. It's such a big name, right? It's wizard world XYZ city and it's, it's just a well-known name. So yeah, I was surprised to see that they, I mean, it's, it's especially, I mean, really it's another, another COVID killed one, right? I mean, or were they, or were they struggling before the pandemic? I think that they were struggling before the pandemic. Um, because their attendance had been dropping for years and, uh, yeah, yeah, just something that happens. So, you know, I I was talking to somebody about conventions in general, you know, here in Southern California, before the pandemic, there was literally something every single weekend within driving distance, right? Now, granted it's Southern California, so there's a lot of stuff going on, but I, I feel like there was like a saturation, like too many cons, right? So maybe maybe it is a little bit of a culling and it'll get back to where, I mean, not that they're not big events right now, but like there's just too many of them. And, and you know, they're they're a little more niche based, right? You know, there's the anime con and the cosplay con and the comic con and, and, you know, they all have their little, you know, sci-fi con, Doctor Who, but there's just so many different ones. I just wonder if we got oversaturated and it'll pull back a little bit and take a few years to work its way back after the pandemic. That's possible. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, <laughs> let's keep moving. Uh, let's talk about, let's stick with the streaming uh, networks for just a minute here. Um, did anybody watch the first episode of What If yet? I know it's under embargo, I, but I were did. you able to watch I it? I thought it was great. Uh, I, I thought it was been. really great. I you haven't, haven't seen yet, it yet? Not- it's not that I don't want to, I just haven't gotten to see it. And because I don't think it like follows like a, I don't think this is like a sequential story. I'm like, I'll catch up to it when it matters. Like I, I don't care if I'm spoiled on the what if, if it was like Loki or Black Widow, I'd care more. But the what if it's like, all right, that's cool. I'll watch it at some point. Right. And I, I think, I, will. I think everybody knows that the first one was Captain Carter and, and yeah. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet either, but Kev, doesn't it kind of lean towards what you were talking about? Wanting some more uh captain america and the um and the howling commandos right it did yeah it did it did fill that sort of desire that i had to get more stories with those characters so yeah and then the other kind of so a couple of stories that came out around what if is uh, marvel did put out an updated timeline based on what if and Uh and then also the it seems like everybody is saying, oh, I don't know why we didn't hire Dave Bautista to do the voice of Drax. So, like, nobody's, like, saying we chose not to. Um, it's like, it seems like it's just an oversight. Like, Dave Bautista's like, well, they never called me. And then um, the Marvel people are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know why we didn't get a hold of him. So, it I, seems I like everybody's playing dumb. I don't know why they didn't get Chris Evans. Well, that was the- bothersome to me because they literally got every other person. They got Stanley Tucci. I mean, like, why on earth didn't they get Chris Evans? Yeah. Well, they didn't get uh, RDJ either, right? So, I mean, I feel like these guys, maybe they've just, they've moved on and and other people haven't. So, 
So anyway, um, I will uh, I will post over on the Twitter the current uh, Marvel lineup for the What If, just in case you are wanting to know what that is, and I won't take show time to read through that today. Uh, let's see, what else? Hawkeye is supposed to be coming out on November 24th, right? So that's next up after What If, right? I think so. And well, then... So, yeah, the show, and then I think just the only movie between now and then is Shang-Chi, I think, comes out like next month i think right and then how i don't know how long we have to wait for uh multiverse of madness and spider-man i don't know what those uh release dates are off the top I thought of my head spider-man is in like december i thought for some reason and i could be horribly wrong spider-man is before multiverse of madness right i think that's true but we've but I it's already so. been spoiled that dr strange is for sure in the next spider-man i think yes i yes. think that's that's already been established right uh, let's see, sticking with some of the, um, streaming networks, right? So Hulu is, I think they're renewing Handmaid's Tale for a fourth season, but they're not quite sure where they're going with it. Um, some of the other shows on Hulu, like, uh, Shrill and Pen15, some of these little independent, smaller productions, they're really good if you're, if, you know, they're not necessarily in the genre, but there's some quality shows on, uh, these, you know, like smaller episodic, Netflix has a few of them too. They're not even always a half an hour long, um, but they're really cool. Go sandwich. Do, do I, am I the only one who feels like Hulu? I don't say it's fallen off because they definitely haven't fallen off, but I feel like people don't have Hulu as much anymore as they used to. Am I imagining that? Or no, I think that's fair. Well, I mean, they're owned by Disney Plus, right? So didn't Disney Plus like pull the Hulu audience over there? I mean, I feel like that's what happened, and and I mean, and you get it in a package with Disney Plus too. So we just don't talk about Hulu because we're talking about all the stuff that's on Disney Plus. Well, like even like even when I did have Hulu, I feel like if there was something I wanted to watch, it either didn't have it, or it just—I don't know. I don't know how to say it. like it didn't have what I wanted. Maybe it's just like the things I watch. If you have a similar experience or a better experience with Hulu, you can call the GVM hotline two zero one seven three zero two five four seven. Let us know what you think about Hulu. Do you still have Hulu? Did you have Hulu? What are your Hulu experiences and all that fun stuff? But yeah, I kind of feel like, well, I don't know. I think this the oversaturation thing that we've just been suffering generally with in every aspect um, has definitely hit the streaming services a bit because I feel like with Disney Plus hitting, something had to get bumped. And I think Netflix wasn't getting bumped, so it ended up being... Why is Kev laughing like a five-year-old? I don't know. I'm not... Um, I, but I agree. I think I will only really used Hulu, or most of what I watched Hulu was for the current regular network television shows that I couldn't watch because I didn't have cable anymore. And so I would watch those on Hulu. And of course, now those are starting to split off because I watched a lot of NBC stuff that's going to not be on Hulu anymore because it's going to be over on Peacock. And then it's going to force me to choose to either get two st- services or not watch them anymore, right? So yeah, this you know we're getting to a point where we're paying more for all the different streaming services than we paid for cable where we could just watch everything, right? Kev. Yeah. Kev, comment. What happened? What? What happened? No, nothing. Nothing. All right. Don't, don't nothing. Oh, it's fine. Everything's fine. I, Why is Kevin giggling? I don't know, and it's bothering me. It's fine. Everything is fine. Did you like smoke a joint 
while we weren't no, looking man. real quick and you're getting giddy already? No, no, man. I'm totally fine, man. Oh, oh boy. Well, let's uh, let's do one more uh, show, uh, uh, streaming show before we go to break here. Uh, did you see the news about uh, Titans 3? And um, one of the characters has been uh, accused of some inappropriate behavior on set. It, oh. It's the character, his, uh, Vincent Carthieser, I think is how you say his last name. You may know him from Mad Men. Uh, you may also know him from Angel, the series, where he played Angel's son. I don't know if, uh, do you guys know the actor? No. What's oh. the name? Oh, boy, let me get his name. Maybe I know, maybe I know him to see him. It is Vincent Car- Carthieser? Carthieser? I don't know, what's he been accused of doing? Uh, it just says multiple investigations over onset misconduct. Wow. So, uh, you know. Who is he on the show? Uh, I think he plays Scarecrow on season three. So, okay. he, I don't think he was on season one and two. I think he's just on season three. But it was just, it was called juvenile behavior and inappropriate uh, stuff. So, you know, I, there's it's, it's investigations are ongoing. So, we don't really know what it was what it was yet but that's there, the big there really is nothing worse than juvenile behavior when you're when you're trying to run a professional in a professional type situation i know right. there's nothing worse than it like sitting in the back of the classroom and giggling quietly to yourself <laughs> over something that your friend sent you and like a note they passed or something yeah i mean just there's there's no place in in a in an environment where where we're trying to be professional, there's just there's no place for that kind of. There should be no place for that for that kind of behavior. <laughs> we're a yeah. show called Geek Stuff, and we're talking about juvenile behavior. But okay, um, just saying. Yeah. Well, before we go to break, I want to mention uh, yesterday or the what's today? Say the sixteenth on the fourteenth. It was the thirty fourth anniversary of the release of what movie, Kev? Uh, 34th, 1987, August 14th, 1987. Oh God. I don't know. I wasn't even born yet. It's, <laughs> it's one of the great, uh, uh, IDs that we have for, uh, the show with multiple characters from the show. Um, I don't know what. Oh, it's monster squad. 34 oh. years of monster squad. So I wonder Is there an update on, uh, on what's his name uh oh I, i've forgotten his name i feel bad yeah Finch. i looked and i didn't see any update on him um okay. so hopefully he's uh recovering well i i can't remember i wish i could remember his name um shoot that's really bothersome that i can't remember what it is oh well um yeah well we'll look it up during the break just put it back out there yeah well, i mean so, oh go ahead I was saying, like, no news is good news, I guess. If you haven't heard anything, I guess that means he's still alive. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it just says that he's recovering, and the last news was back in July. So there hasn't been any new news. What's his name? Oh, that's Andre Gower? Andre Gower, yeah. Yeah. So so with that? With that, uh, Mr. Sandwich and Mr. Scott, we will take our first... And only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 647. 
the one we're <laughs> the one we're calling Rockabye Sandwich. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right. Here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices. Like this. <clears throat> hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm comments. Oh. <clears throat> That's right. We want you to tell us what's hmm on your mind. What we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> So call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Potter and Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Okay, here we go. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. We're the Monster Squad. Hey, this is Fred Decker, director of The Monster Squad. This is Duncan Regeer, Dracula from Monster Squad. This is Tom Noonan, who plays Frankenstein in Monster Squad. This is Tom Woodruff, Gilman from Monster Squad. Hey, this is Andre Gower, Sean Crenshaw from The Monster Squad. This is Ashley Bank, Phoebe from Monster Squad. This is Ryan Lambert, I'm Rudy from The Monster Squad, and you are listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Wolfman's got an art! From the mouth of babes comes dynamite! The Monster Squad's gonna do tonight! First came Dracula, now the Wolfman too! The mummy and the girl are swimming in the pool! Hey boys, it's Grandmama. Just checking in 
uh, letting you know that you guys are doing an awesome job and hope you are all doing well. Uh, sandwich, love the phone call from you yesterday. Thank you very much. It was very much greatly, greatly appreciated. Keep up the good work, and I'm loving that there's a sandwich shop on the weekends. You have been missed. And thank God I don't have to bring out the cement shoes. Um, talk to you guys soon. Hope all is well. Stay safe. Bye. Hi, guys. This is on a box. Um, it's about the new He-Man revelation on Netflix. I was just curious as to what you guys thought of it. I just watched all five episodes. Um, obviously, the cliffhanger is there's going to be a second episode, a second season. But I'm curious as to if Kev or anybody else knows how much it follows the story from the original series or if it mixes the series and the comic or a little, you know, if it does just strictly the comic. I know that there's some plot lines that I've heard that were in the comics. I've never read them myself, but just your thoughts, if you don't mind. Thanks. Bye. Live from the sandwich shop, Pi Day Studios in sunny Southern California and Big Kefuna Studios. It's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, we heard from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is a 118th scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your 3 and 3 quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the Proton Torpedo Bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-Foils open into attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on the do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You go 118 scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or shows or conventions, and I don't need to tell you that price tag can be quite high. The genius of the system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Oh my god, Kevin is gone. Quick, quick, make fun of him while he can't hear us. <laughs> He's going to come running back in going, I can hear you bastards. Say bad things about things he loves. What are some things he likes? Um, um, uh, uh, I can't think of anything. Do you want to go through the stuff in the product archive and just, uh, you know, drop it on the floor? Actually, improperly uh, pack I, it. I, I have a complaint. I don't know if I got a file that's like workman, workman's comp or something, but I definitely got hurt in the unit last time I was there. So <laughs> I don't know who I have to direct that complaint to. Is the, is the product archive properly insured against workers' comp claims? I, I don't know, but my arm has definitely been I, – I definitely had to do some heavy lifting the other day, and my arm has – if I use it too much, it just 
starts hurting a lot. Hey, Doc. Not in like. It well, we all know I do what this. you're using your arm too much for. So. Oh come on! I am. We're professional. What happened to this professionalism that the show used to have? A de minimis hold release. Kevin, why, why is Kevin, Scott? Why, hold on. Why is Scott angelic? What is <laughs> the that? Sun, light, the sun. The beautiful California sun is setting behind me. Do you want me to go fix it? Yes. The California sun setting now. God, the New Jersey like sun set broadcasting like... live from the other side. <laughs> Remember how we made that joke about having the sandwich shop interviewing Michael Jackson and Tupac? Scott was trying to get that set up for us. Yeah, he was doing negotiations. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, you guys are gonna make you know, me do so much editing. This show used to be professional, you know, Kev. <laughs> Kev, we used to have class on this program. And then I joined. Yeah, you want to uh, you want to hear some of that class? Join us at the whatever level Patreon. Five dollar tier. Five dollar tier that gets Geek you the stuff BC. Gets you the vintage uh, Big Kev's Geek Stuff episodes. If you want to hear some beautiful production and professionalism, I listen. That I mean, you know, we were like two years in, and that show sounded really good. I think. I mean, I don't know. You know, I just think it's I I love for the, I love for us to get back to that that kind of thing because it was really really good. I'm not saying this show isn't good. It is. It's just different. It's just different. Oh boy. Well, let's uh, let's address the a couple of phone calls we had during the break. Oh. First, it was an uh, attaboy for Mr. Sandwich. Yeah. That's my grandma. She likes me sometimes. I'm the only grandson, so she likes me a lot actually. But <laughs> and the only way she gets to hear you is by uh, joining the Patreon and hearing the sandwich shop on the weekends. Probably. I, I check in. I'm a good grandson. Is she at the ten dollar level? Yes. I was gonna say because she, she likes all of if the. If she's live not shows. at the ten dollar level, then you're really not a good grandson. You're her Why only is that grandson. My thing? Just saying. <laughs> I, I gotta pay for her. I gotta pay for if her you didn't, entry. If to you didn't Instagram. tell, if you didn't explain to her why she needs to be at the ten dollar level, you're not a good grandson. She, she like knew. Leave now. She knew. I'm just saying. Is your she's mom commented? Uh, she's seen the live show, and then as, as it's well documented, uh, the the beginning of Mick Foley. Uh, she she's seen it. She'll comment on it via texting me. Like, oh, I saw the live show. See so oh. what you're doing there. <laughs> I, I gotta get some Mick Foley production. Is your, is your mom at the ten dollar level sandwich? My mom doesn't even know I do a show. <laughs> she thinks he's up in his room doing his uh, de minimis. Is your dad? Releases. Is your dad at the ten dollar level sandwich? He does not know I do the show either. Wow. Grandma is the only one in my entire family who keeps up weekly with the show. So we do appreciate you, uh, Grandma, very much, especially in the sandwich camp. When everyone else ignores me, because yeah. everyone else is more talented. Your grandmama makes nice, uh, nice, pleasant comments on the Patreon as well. Every time the new episodes and the new uh, sandwich shops comes out, so it's very nice. So you is know, because at the ten dollar level, no, everyone is focusing on her right now because uh, she's actually on tour around the country right now with a Doing show. What? With some show. What show? Where can I see it? Only continental U.S. <laughs> Kev's out. I'll be in the continental U.S. Well, she's going to New Orleans next or this week. I see. Hmm. She's somewhere in Texas right now, I think, or 
somewhere between Texas and New Orleans. But this is not where is Sandwich's family in the world. This is Geek Stuff TNG. Uh, and so there okay, was. An, there... I'll let it go, Sandwich. I see what you're doing. You're yeah. trying to keep us apart as usual. It's okay, Scott. Scott. Scott did the same thing with me, so it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's how you're going to get yourself in trouble there, Kev. Uh, you know, so. Um, well, I didn't do anything. I know, but though, though, you know, you got to be careful. Um, let's talk about the other wonderful voicemail from Autobox. It's a couple of weeks old. And, uh, unfortunately, I missed it in the in the voicemail and didn't get it on the show. And uh, Autobox, who is very active on the uh, Discord uh, chat, uh, had some you comments know, I on. Give, I give Autobox a lot of shit. I give him a lot of shit, but he's a good egg. You know, and he does bring, he brings uh, interesting, most times interesting questions and content to the show. So he wanted to talk about the new He-Man and he wants to talk about plots and storylines. And I'd be, I'd be completely honest with you on a box. I didn't even know He-Man had a storyline. Any of them. I always thought it was kind of a Uh, sort of of a week problem of the week yeah like whatever the problem of the week is you know and then they solve it by in 22 minutes of animation and that was kind of it i mean i just never i did never sat down through anything and said there's a story or a plot here that i need to understand that conversation with my brain never occurred well, first of all, it wasn't anywhere near 22 minutes of animation because the same, you know, minute and a half got repeated at least three times an episode of him, well, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think Onbox was asking about the the He-Man comics and maybe there were some plots from there. Because you're right, definitely the 80s cartoon, it was Monster of the Week, nothing really. I, I never understood the appeal of it to begin with. I was never a fan, ever, ever, ever was I a fan of that. I was a way bigger fan of Thundercats and Silverhawks, and so, I just could not get into He-Man. I just couldn't. I don't know why. It just seemed so like, why is everyone jacked up all the hell? <laughs> you know, like, why? You know, like, I mean, and they're not, like, jacked up like they're strong dudes. They're jacked up like those are those guys that you see in the gym that are, like, overdoing it a little. Even, like, the old man, like, man-at-arms, like an older guy. And he was still jacked up, like stupid jacked up. You know, and then they had like other characters, like the king. He was jacked up. Everybody was jacked. I don't know. I just, I just... He, he, man, your steroid needles are sticking out of your bag. It was kind of like that. It was, it was that. And I couldn't, I couldn't reconcile that, that, that bulky. I mean, it wasn't heroic. It was like, it was like workout big. It wasn't heroic big. Like Batman was heroic big. Superman was heroic big. He-Man was just like too big. And then on top of that, you know, I, I was like, y- y- you know, is something happening here? Like maybe that's a little gay. I don't know. You know, like I felt that way a little bit. I was I was a very young person. So, you know, like these these things weren't as openly discussed as they are now. And back then it just seemed like, kind of like, why, why, like the only only association that I have, you know, with people, you know, dressed like that and everything else was, you know, like whenever uh, any character in the police Academy series wandered into the blue oyster bar, 
I want to thank the three people in the audience who got that joke. I could play the sound clip, dun, 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 right? Every time yeah. I walk in the Blue Oyster Bar. Yeah. Uh, you should have that on. You should have that on uh, on speed dial. Yeah. Uh, Sanders, did you have something else you want to say about He Man? What? Did you have something else to say? Well, my question is like, I always felt like He Man and the Thundercats were very. Are there really honestly big differences between the two? Because as someone who literally doesn't know anything about either of them, it, it to me it seems like a guy grabs a sword, says either I have the power or thunder, or says his catchphrase, and then he gets magic. You know, yeah. that's a good point. It's a good point that they're similar in that regard, but there was a much better storyline and character development with, uh, Thunder with Thundercats. Cats. Although, you know, they do both have, like you got Snarf and... Uh, or Orko, Orko that that yeah. are kind of always there's like yeah. that 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 yeah. comic relief was, character that's always screwing things up, the right? Comic relief, yeah, the comic relief character, yeah. I mean, it, it's clear that it's clear that there was. I, I'm sure He Man came first, so there's clearly they took some success, elements from the successful He Man show when they were creating Thundercats. Fine, but you can't find that in Silverhawks. There's comic relief, yes, but it's not confined to one character. It's not confined to the copper kid who is the youngest, smallest character um, who doesn't actually speak the character. I mean, and it and they have Bluegrass, who was kind of the, you know, the guy who, the pilot who played the guitar and had the southern accent and the cowboy hat and the neckerchief on, but there was not, you know. I mean, the, the I could have told you that, and I've never even seen the show. There's no... Um, there's no overt, you know, uh, overt like silliness like Orko or um, Snarf in like, the, and I, I just think that cartoons were graduating forward that way. And that's yet another reason. Thank you, uh, uh, Scott, who brought that up. Um, thank you for bringing up the fact that, yeah, there was that element too to deal with, which I never liked. And it was one of the reasons, it, it was the weakest part of uh battle of the planets as well which is a show that i loved was the uh the seven zark seven or wh whichever version it was um you know animated uh stuff that they added to the american version of that show you know to cover up by the way the more adult stuff from the original japanese version of those episodes so you know like yeah i think there's this whole sort of evolution of cartoons that was going on in that period you know, something else right along that same line, Uni in uh, the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon yeah, with perfect. that same character. And it's like, I remember, I loved the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, but it's like, if Uni just wasn't in it, it would have been such a, but again, maybe I was a little bit older too, and I didn't want that silly comic relief, but maybe that's pulling in the younger kids into into it, right? If you're at the, the top of yeah. the age range or the bottom of the age range for the cartoon. And yet, if you look at the great cartoons in that sort of, uh, 80s early 90s period you know thundar was an amazing cartoon thunder the barbarian was an amazing yeah. cartoon ahead of its time it had some comic elements in it with with um ukla but he was not the funny character right you know uh, and you can go even before the 80s you can go into the 60s like the herculoids there was some comic relief with with a bunch of those characters but all of them were you know like no single character was like oh that's the funny one you know, like they didn't do that. Right. Planet of the Apes. 
the cartoon no funniness in that at all <laughs> you know like at all you know like i mean you can go through and you can find these examples exo squad in the early 90s which by the way is still one of the best toy lines of all time uh exo squad had uh the, the exo squad had some comic relief again the co- the character wolf bronski often had some funny things happen but he wasn't the only one and they killed major characters in that cartoon like wow. killed them like not like oh they're they're not going to be able to fight with us and they're dead you know so like you know i just think cartoons sort of advanced and and in, in sort of all through that period and i think that he-man just had too many of those elements for me to get involved in it so to direct so i guess to directly answer on a box i have no goddamn idea you know because if i'm not watching the cartoon i'm certainly not reading a book a comic based on it and and furthermore i i was shocked that there even was a comic book on it because again was the comic book like there's a problem at the beginning of the comic book that they solve by the end of the issue or was it like some sort of long ongoing story i have no idea and i can't even imagine a long ongoing story you know in in a comic like in in a you know, in a comic based on a cartoon where that's the formula. How about Black Star? By the way, I just thought of Black Star was basically a He-Man uh, slash Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs ripoff. And instead of having one little funny character, they had like a handful of those little dwarf guys that helped them or fought with them or whatever the hell they were. Uh, you know, you see, and he also had a sword, and it was also broken in half, and. He had the good half and the bad guy had the evil half and, you know, all that shit. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I felt the same way. I I didn't love He-Man. It was on when I was a kid and because it was on, it got watched, but I didn't care about it. And when I tried to watch the reboot, uh, I mean, you know, I watched the first episode and it was fine, but I just didn't care enough to spend any more of my time on it because there's other stuff I need to watch. And. I appreciate the fans of the show, perhaps like on a box who have a deep connection to the story such as it is. And I appreciate anybody, you know, I appreciate the fandom that anyone has for anything because it's not easy to be a fan for some things. Look at every person who's ever liked the Mets. (laughs) No, you got to have respect Uh, for those people because that team sucks. Except, but the point is, is I appreciate all fandom if you liked the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe movie with Dolph Lundgren as He-Man and Frank Langella as Skeletor, good for you. If you watched that terrible reboot of He-Man in the, I feel like it was the 90s, maybe early 2000s, and you thought that was great, good for you. Good for your fandom. But I just, I could never, I just never could get drawn into it at all. It just seemed too goofy and ridiculous. And so despite the fact that friend of this program kevin smith uh is involved in in bringing us this he-man reboot i just i don't i got nothing i got nothing yeah i'm just like scott i watched the first one just to see and i was kind of like okay and so that's where i I talk about spoilers for that show or are we embargoing i think no No, i think it's been out long enough yeah, because I'm under the impression that they like killed off He-Man, and then like his alter ego 
Prince Eric, whatever the fuck his name is. Adam. Prince Adam. Adam. And Skeletor. Like, I'm under the impression, like, he, this, like, He-Man's dead, the Alter Ego's dead, and Skeletor is dead. I feel like they're just in another dimension and at some point can be brought back because the sword of power gets, like, split into two swords and, and whatever. And I think that it kind of sent He-Man and Skeletor out. But so, yeah, so that, I think, would be an issue is, for, for people to complain about, is that technically in this He-Man, it's not really a He-Man, it's the Masters of the Universe, right? And He-Man and Adam aren't in it because he gets killed in the first episode and or... I, I don't think he's killed. I think he's in some other dimension. And I didn't watch to see what happens next. But And then Tila takes up the you know, the hunt to, to solve the problem, right? Because with the Sword of Power broken, the... Uh, what, all the magic in the universe and the universe is dying or something like that. And, and Tila's got to fix it. So so she's the, she's the hero of the show of, you know, the, the five episodes or whatever. And so, again, you know, there could be some people complaining about it because it's a female lead or it could be just that, well, it's not a He-Man show because he's not in it, right? It's even, about... Even the name. Even the name He-Man. Yeah, it's a dumb name. I, I mean, for me, was... He-Man was always the He-Man Woman Haters Club from the Little Rascals, right? That's yeah. all I can think of. Yeah, there's that, you know. But so, so it sounded like from Onbox's email that there's a cliffhanger, not email, uh, voicemail, that there's a cliffhanger ending that would lead to a second season, which is probably well, where the, uh, the Adam cliffhanger. Will come back. I I think the cliffhanger is it was so poorly received. Will there even be a second season? That's what the cliffhanger is. Yeah. My opinion. And we shall see. So let's uh, let's move on to some comic book news. Um, looks like they're doing, I think, is it another Elseworlds, this Batman Dark Knights of Steel? Have you seen anything about this one? No. It, it, it looks like it's, you know, it's, it's back in, like they're, like actual knights, right? So Batman is a knight and Superman looks like a knight and... Oh, that seems like a real good idea. <laughs> so we'll see the, uh, Game of Thrones imagery in the upcoming fantasy Dark Knights of Steel. So yeah, I think it looks like it's an Elseworlds. Uh, we'll see what comes of that. Of steel. Um, looks like uh, Mike McNoll's got a new comic coming up. It's called. Oh. Yeah. Let's see. What's it called? It's called In the uh, the Gollum Walks is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I got my new comic book coming out. It's called. What? What's it called, Scott? The Gollum Walks Among the Us. Gollum Walks, and it has nothing to do with my other. You know, I created Hellboy, and. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you got to check out my new book. It has nothing to do with Hellboy, though, so I don't know if you're going to like it, or maybe it does have to do with Hellboy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. We'll see when that one comes out. Uh, let's see. What else in the Muppet. comic news? Uh, Kermit Kermit the Frog is writing his own comic book. No, wait, that's separate. That We just we just covered that one. We just covered that one. Um, so, looks like... He looks wishes like... he was Kermit the Frog. <laughs> He's like a cast off Muppet. You know what he's like? He's like the Muppet that was in the movie with Jason Segel. Oh. Whatever the hell that Muppet's name. It's like he's like that. So we've got a new Spawn, uh, King Spawn coming out, which pre orders are hitting like in the 300,000. So that's a big deal for McFarlane. I guess. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, remind me what happened with McFarlane and, and uh, creator owned content. Well, Todd, like an idiot, thinks that he owns Miracle Man. And Neil Gaiman, who actually owns Miracle Man, said, you don't own Miracle Man, you can't use him in Spawn. 
And Todd said, not only am I going to use him in Spawn, I'm going to make an action figure of him and a statue. And so he did those things, and Neil sued him. And Neil sued him not only over Miracle Man, but Neil said, you know what else? Um, I also created Medieval Spawn and Angela and a handful of other characters, and so I should be rightly compensated for any merchandising that you've or 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 money that you've made that includes those characters and neil won the lawsuit so neil now owns angela and medieval spawn and a handful of other characters one of which he gave to marvel he gave marvel angela that's how you have marvel's angela you know running around with uh the guardians of the galaxy uh, in the last couple of years. Yeah. So there you go. All right. And for, for Todd to be making any comments, what did he say? I think he, he, he was basically saying it was harder for a writer to create a new character and bring people in because comic book fans will like follow an artist. Oh, this is an artist I like. I might like this character because it's going to look cool, but it's harder to do that as a writer, I think was what he said. Well, it's clear that he has a beef with writers, and he should because he spent millions of dollars fighting one and lost. So, you know, saying. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, speaking of creator-owned content. So Brian Michael Uh-oh. Bendis is um, wow. moving his Jinx World line over to Dark Horse so that he can have uh, kind of create a little incubator for creator-owned yep. content over there. Good. So that seems like the direction that a lot of things are going. It's just whatever keeps him away from books that I read. <laughs> so uh, what? Which ones did he harm? I can't even remember anymore. I mean, the guy wrote everything at one point, didn't he? Didn't he write every Marvel book one like like for a few months? I don't even remember. But the the point is, is that I, I you know. Not as a writer or a human being am I much of a fan of Brian Michael Bendis. So good, good for you know what though? That he does have a lot of fans, and Dark Horse deserves a break. You know, D- Dark Horse deserves some good stuff to happen to it because you know, Dark Horse got the shallow end of the stick or the deep end, depending on how you look at it, um, by Disney. Because Disney yanked the Star Wars license away from them and gave it to Marvel, aka their bitch, <laughs> and uh, uh, and all of that great—I mean, decades worth of brilliant content, Star Wars content from Dark Horse went by the wayside. Yeah, de- you know, decanonized, was, right? Even though it was great, it's just decanonized. Yeah, it's decanonized. And, it's and still then great. Bastardized release it somehow, and well, just. Yeah, I mean, they're still using characters created in that era. You know, the Thrawn is probably, I mean, they did a lot more fleshing out of Thrawn in that era than his original appearance, which was in one of the Zun novels, I think. But the point is, is they've done a lot of, uh, you know, they, 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 Dark Horse, this is, Dark Horse did a lot for a lot of licenses like that. Aliens, Predator, Buffy, Angel, Star Wars. And, you know, a lot of those licenses have gone elsewhere or, you know, have just sort of dried up and no one's really paying attention anymore. But, you know, there was a time when Dark Horse was putting out some tremendous shit, like all the time. Not to mention their original and creator-owned stuff like 
Hellboy, the entire Hellboy universe, really, of which I'm a huge fan. And I think, aren't they doing, uh, I think they're Black Hammer, aren't they? Also, Scott, do you know that? So. That one doesn't sound familiar to me, sorry. I, I think, think they're Black they're, Hammer. I'm pretty I sure think they, they are. They did Black Hammer, right? Which that's another universe of books that I really enjoy. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, Dark Horse has its stuff, but, you know, if Brian Michael Bendass wants to go over there and, and work on some things, good for Dark Horse. If they manage to land someone that brings something to the table, like readers, then good for Dark Horse. That's what I say. Yeah. Well, I think I hear the wrap-up music come playing, so I think we should uh, oh. bring this episode uh, very shortly oh. to a close here. Uh, oh. There was one uh, other little piece of product that I wanted to talk about before we get out the door. Have you seen? So are you aware of uh, Playmobil, right? It's like, yeah, it, you know, it's for kids, but it's it's kind of like the Lego. Like there's a Playmobil movie, which isn't as good as the Lego movie, but it's, you know, similar. They've got a Star Trek Enterprise Playmobil and a Back to the Future set. They just, they're amazing. And I just uh, discovered them. So like, these are definitely on the Christmas list for my kids. I cannot wait uh, to get my hands on some of these uh, just, uh, you know, licensed uh, Playmobil creations. I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, uh, let's do the plugs before we get out of here. Um, Remember, you can uh, follow the show on all the social medias, right? Your Facebooks, your Twitters, your Instagrams. It's GeekStuffTNG. And if you want to contact us, call the GVM line. 201-730-2547. And you might hear yourself. Uh, that. He, almost, he almost fell asleep given the phone number. <laughs> well, we're, you know, it's, it's way past his bedtime at this point. 201 so it is 10:30. Oh my god, it's so sir. late. Oh my god, how on earth are you even awake? Uh so, someone in the background is like pu- puppeteering me right now. Really? Where do they have their hand? <laughs> and you, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Puppet. You may That's hear a, yourself on a future episode, just like Grandmama and Anabox this week. So we want to thank them for calling in. Uh, also, uh, support the show on Patreon, right? Patreon.com slash GeekStuffTNG. Remember, for $1 a month, you can join in the Discord server. For $3 a month, you get the early bird special. You get these episodes a couple days early. Usually it's Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. $5 a month gets you the bonus round of the weekend sandwich shop, which we haven't decided what it's going to be this weekend. So sandwich is on his own to choose a topic. Uh, you also get two vintage shows a month on the 1st and the 15th. He's not. i got to stop you. He's not on his own to choose a topic ever. He has a list of approved topics. All right. Well, we'll get we'll get a topic. I'll work with him to get a topic. And for 10 bucks a month, you can uh, watch the show live on the Instagrams. All right, we got to wrap this up because I got to do. Speaking of bedtime, I got to do bedtime myself. So my social media. You got. You got to put. I got kids. I got to put to bed. Yes. Yes, sandwich. His babies have to go to bed too. It's late in the East Coast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I am with that, folks. No, hold on. Plugs. You can find me at Pie Day Scott on the Instagram and the Twitter. Dom, what's yours? It's you can big find baby. Me on, at... You can find me on Xbox and Instagram at Fat Dumbledore. F A T D O M B L E D O R E. B A B Y. Kev? I couldn't keep it, damn it. 
you you can find me sometimes uh, as Big Kev GS on uh, the Xbox One network and BK Geek stuff everywhere else. And with that, Mr. Sandwich, Mr. Scott, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 647, the one we called Rockabye Sandwich, to a close. The way we end some shows by saying, Good night, Fez Marie Watley, wherever you are. We're here, we're queer, we will not disappear. This has been my Fezatoria Memorial. Thank you! Satellites gone up to the skies. Things like that drive me out of my mind. I watched it for a little while. I like to watch things on TV Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite of Satellite's gone way up to Mars Soon it'll be filled with park and cars I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV With Harry, Mark, and John Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday With Harry, Mark, and John Satellites gone up to the skies Things like that drive me out of my mind I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV
All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day.